Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every morning before us, you hear Unsportsmanlike with our own Michelle Smallman, along with Evan Cohen and Chris Canty. Michelle got off the air about a half hour ago and is taking the time to join us on a Friday morning before a weekend in which you'll probably get some sleep. Good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? I am doing well. Good morning to all of you. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, how are the mornings, uh, the early mornings? How are they agreeing with you? You know what? If we're being honest, Randy, not great. It's not really fun <laughs> to stay up and watch Thursday night football till what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock and have your alarm go off at 4 a.m. It's not exactly ideal, but if we make it fun, you know, and it, I guess it brings a little bit of element of surprise. We're all kind of delirious and we lack sleep every day. So you really never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the mornings, Michelle. So I, I've already texted <laughs> you about it. Any advice that you have will, will help. I'm already doing lots of coffee. I'm sure you do, too. Oh, absolutely. I think I'm on my fourth. I stopped and got one on the way home uh, so that I could do this interview with you guys. And I think it's my fourth <laughs> coffee of the day. Um, so that can't be great for your health, Brooke. I don't know if you want to follow any um, recommendations I have for you because it's just over-caffeinate and get used to a lack of sleep. <laughs> well, of course, we have to ask you about the Cardinals. I know that we talked to you about uh, it a little bit earlier this season, but Michelle, it finally ended and I think that it's a good thing that it finally ended but now there's a lot of question marks going in the offseason just overall what were your thoughts on the Cardinals this year I still kind of can't believe that it went down the way it did guys you know now that we're officially in the postseason the regular season is over when you're looking back you're like really did this really happen to the St. Louis Cardinals and one of the things that's really been bothering me as I watched the first round of the postseason is all the former Cardinals and connections to the Cardinals that we see and other organizations that are in the postseason. It was really brutal for me to watch Marlins Phillies and have the ESPN broadcast talk about what a great find Skip Schumacher was and how Kim Ng and the Marlins couldn't be more pleased with him because he brings over a winning culture from St. Louis and he's bringing over John Mabry and John Jay and these are people that know how to win and they have instilled in such a short window of time this culture in Miami and obviously that didn't translate to a long run of postseason success but you feel good about the Marlins and where they're headed and it just kind of struck me and watching that and then watching you know Adolis Garcia and Jordan Montgomery all of these former Cardinals that are sprinkled throughout uh, Major League Baseball how I don't feel that way that Miami feels about Skip and the culture in St. Louis, which is rare because even when the Cardinals had maybe had early outs in the postseason and we had questions, we never really questioned the culture. We never really questioned St. Louis's ability to identify and retain talent in the manner in which we did. It just kind of feels like they're a ship without a name, right? Like they do not have the same identity that they once did. And that's going to happen when – 
Albert is gone and Yachty is gone and now Wayno is gone. Like, there are no traces of the Tony LaRusa Cardinals left in St. Louis. And I just think it's going to be really interesting this offseason and, and bleeding into next season to see what the identity of this next chapter of Cardinals baseball ends up becoming. Okay, so Michelle, which player or players do the Cardinals need to add via free agency or, or via trade to make this team better in 24? Just give me some pitchers that can just eat up some innings and throw some strikes. Like, I mean, is anyone giving you any other answer other than pitchers? That's the main answer we're getting from from all over the place. I'm trying to figure out which pitchers. I mean, we've heard about Blake Snell, maybe Aaron Nola, potentially D- Dylan Cease, maybe via trade. There are so many names, but my question has been: Are the Cardinals going to be willing to spend money this offseason? How much are they willing to spend to get which players they need to to be successful? If they're not willing to spend money, they're not willing to have a different outcome. And I think you cannot waste the window with which you have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You didn't fortify the pitching this offseason. You're sitting at home watching the playoffs. If you want to get back to the postseason, you cannot wait and see what you have and then take the usual route with, oh, maybe we'll add at the deadline. That is not going to fly. They need to act with a sense of urgency. And unfortunately for them, that's going to mean spending some money. Uh, Michelle, I know you watched a lot of Cardinal baseball, and down the stretch they acquired a pitcher named Casey Lawrence. They had Andre Pallante here, and then uh, they added into the mix one other guy, my old friend Chris Vonderha. Uh, and so when they would bring those three guys in, when it would be Pallante, we'll give him Verhagen now, and Casey Lawrence, okay. I started calling them the Holy Trinity. Uh, is What do you think of that name for those three relievers for the for the Cardinals? Well, I think it's a good nickname, Randy, but do you really want to assign it to those guys? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. I, you, know, you know what I'm bummed about is I finally figured out Drew Verhagen and now he's going to be gone. <laughs> it took you long oh and I could give you a mouth. That's so bad, Randy. <laughs> Don't you miss that, Michelle, the, the good nicknames that have come through? Oh, absolutely. And you know, Randy's always good for a nickname. Uh, what was the the hockey one? Um, Nathan Walker. What Nadab. did you call him? Nadab. Oh, my God, Randy. So <laughs> I know that he very politely co-signed on it, but Nadab is that. We can't have Nadab. What about no J-Dub? What about Jordan Walker? J-Dub. I don't know. He's such a special talent. He deserves something a little bit more capital than Jada, don't you think? Uh, maybe. Okay, so Mason Wynn already has a middle name that he's called Blaze. He's also got the Energizer Bunny. However, I was tasked by Greg mm. Amzinger to come up with a nickname for Cardinal players. Mason Wynn is from <laughs> Kingwood, Texas. What about the Kingwood Cannon? The Kingwood Cannon. His arm is a cannon and the ball flies off his bat like a cannon. I don't hate it. I actually don't hate it. It's giving me old school, like, salt and swat vibes, you know? Yeah. But I, I just don't know if we want to, you know, he's going to be ours in St. Louis. So I just don't know if we want to have his nickname identifying another city, even though that's where he came from. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be something that I think is unique to St. Louis. Well, here's the thing, Michelle. Mickey Mantle was from Commerce, Oklahoma. He was the Commerce Comet, even though he played his Ooh. entire career with the Yankees. So I'm I'm going with the, the Mickey Mantle vibe yeah, here. Here's the Kansas Comet. Yeah. 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 
Do you think? Do you think maybe we should wait until he actually is consistently uh, awesome before Michelle, we give him a nickname? Michelle, hold on, because <laughs> Randy has done this a few times this season. So Paul DeYoung was a uh, Hannes Wagner. Richie Palacios <laughs> has become Willie Mays. Yep. And, and who am I missing? Well, I'm missing one that we. Uh, uh oh, Zach Thompson is is Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. So we we he oh. he doesn't wait. Uh, Michelle, he just he just throws them out there, and, and and we hope and pray that they become half the player that he's, he's claiming them to be. Well, we've been hoping and praying a lot, guys. Yeah, we, we do. We're a small okay. percentage. Yeah. So as uh, as longtime listeners know, when Michelle and I started in May of 2020, right during the pandemic, we quickly because we had a lot of time to fill. We became a Miami Dolphins <laughs> show. My, uh, Michelle grew up as a Miami Dolphins fan, her dad's favorite player, Dan Marino. So we took a vote and the listeners made us a, a Miami Dolphins show, which I absolutely loved. But then I, I had to deviate. We all had to because Kerry won a Super Bowl with the, the Steelers. So we're a <laughs> yeah. Steelers show. We actually, Michelle, we, we traded in the Dolphins golf bag for a Steelers golf bag. We did. Oh, wow. Now, listen, I understand, CD, why we would go with Pittsburgh. You've got the lineage. I respect it. Thank you. But it's a really bad time to get off the Dolphins. <laughs> it kind of is. Kind of is. Yeah. yeah they, they, got, they got some high-powered offense down there, some, some track speed on that offensive side of the football down there right now. Yeah, it's pretty fun to watch. We put in the time, Randy. I think we should get the fruits of our misery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree. So I'm going to go all uh, – Chris Russo does ESPN. Have you run across him, by the way, uh, doing uh, first – Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm, oh, yeah, same at the seaport. He's great. Okay, great. So I'm going to go a little bit Christopher Russo on you. So, uh, Michelle, uh, Miami Dolphins, what, what do you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I got a couple things for you. Now, they give us these unbelievable stat packets at ESPN, and I always comb through them and try and find some interesting nuggets. And I've got one stat I know you'll love, Randy, and then another stat for, um, I, I guess, like the small Dolphins Nation in St. Louis. If anybody is still on board, that will make them feel great about this weekend's game versus the Giants, even though I don't really need to say much more than that. They're playing the New York Giants. So if you had any <laughs> doubts about them coming off the loss to Buffalo, they're playing the New York Giants. So I think it's going to be good. But we know that when this offense is clicking, which other than the loss to Buffalo last week, they have been the entire season. They're the most sound unit in the NFL. They're averaging 8.02 yards per play this season, which is the second most by any team through four games in a season in NFL history. Do you know which team uh, beats them in this category? I'm going to say 2000 St. Louis Rams. Absolutely. The 2000 Greatest Toronto Rams, 8.14 yards per play. And the funny thing about this, 8.14 yards per play for the Greatest Show on Turf. And they kicked that number up to 8.51 through five games after they had 614 yards of total offense against the Chargers in week five. That team was unbelievably fun to watch. Ridiculous. Okay, now here's my get-right stat for the Dolphins and the Giants. So we know that the Dolphins' offense is high-powered, and they score a lot of points. And Tua, historically this season, has been great at getting the ball out fast. Well, that is bad news for the New York Giants. They've been outscored 77-9 to in the first half this season. And so many of Tua's strengths with Miami are weaknesses for the Giants. So Tua ranks first in yards per attempt on throws with motion. And the Giants' defense in that exact same category ranks 24th this season. So I think, you know... Obviously, this is not rocket science here, guys. Look for two on this Dolphins offense to get right versus the Giants and absolutely eat up that defense. All right. We'll, we'll get our fan duel going here. 
(laughs) (laughs) You're the best. It's so fun to listen to you as I'm driving in. We uh, really enjoy the show and love having you on here in your hometown. And we're we're getting a million texts. You're beloved here in St. Louis, Michelle. So it's great to hear your voice. And we'll do this on a regular basis. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Would love to join you anytime. And thank you not only to you guys, but to everyone out there for the support. It's been so great to have St. Louis behind me as I embark on this new national venture. Have a great weekend. See you later. Bye, guys. Thank you. Take care. Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. That was fun. I like the I like the Dolphins info. Now is definitely the time to be a Dolphins yeah. fan. So. Yeah, they, they took a bad loss last week. That was. That was yeah. Yeah, it's a Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, it Buffalo. It's yeah. going to happen.